0: Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z, the ultimate guide for real estate investors. I'm your host, Steph Boldrini. We cover everything you need to know from finding and analyzing properties to financing and managing your investments. Tune in every week for experts insights and tips so you can make your commercial real estate dreams come true and in today's episode we are talking about medical office why is it such a fantastic asset class what are some of the things that you should watch out for before purchasing a medical office and also what are some things to watch out for when you are leasing to your future tenant We are chatting with William Poso. he has been buying his own medical offices for a while and growing on his own. I'm really excited for this interview. I'm sorry, my voice is (laughs) so bad right now. I somehow have a little cold. There are a lot of really good nuggets in this interview. Here we go. William thank you so much for joining us today you are actually a podcast listener who reached out and I'm so grateful to have you as a listener and you mentioned that you have at some point during our exchange that you have some experience with medical office and I thought it would be a great idea to have you here talk about medical because we haven't really touched a ton on medical before but first why don't you tell us a little bit about you
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me on the show. Um, Yeah, I reached out because I really do appreciate everything that you've done on the podcast. And the practical nature of your advice is is certainly appreciated. I'm just a small business guy. I don't have tons of properties, never done a syndication before. Uh, I uh, seeded a small building many years ago and have slowly turned them over over the course of many years to the point where with a bit of the help of my father who had some medical office, he kind of helped me get into medical office by removing some of those fears that I think a lot of owners have or a lot of entrepreneurs have about getting into a business. So if I could do anything today, it's to remove some of those fears about medical office.
0: Amazing. Can't wait. And you said that you've grown in the medical office. Did you grow by selling or just buying more? I started
1: by doing small duplexes. I initially ceded some money to a friend who was a contractor who needed to buy a piece of land. He didn't have any money. With that little seed capital, I was able to get involved in a few duplexes. And I'm not afraid to talk about duplexes. I love duplexes because I think that's an easy way for small investors to get started. But that capital eventually led me to be able to buy land, develop or entitle, develop, sell, and then roll it eventually into medical office. I typically don't try to sell. I'm not a flipper in the common sense. I find that there's a lot of people who are looking to return that capital back to them. I typically try to withstand it and hold for long-term. So when I say I've grown in medical office, it took me many years to get there, but it's to buy and hold. I typically try to not to sell. I, I want to pay down the mortgage and Eventually, uh, yeah, I'd like to buy bigger buildings, but initially it's to uh, buy and hold long-term.
0: So you've been refinancing the ones you have, cashing out and buying other properties. Is that correct?
1: Yes. I um, This tide in the last 10 years has been very good for us, right, with low interest rates. So I've been able to do some of that. I don't have my, luckily the debt to equity ratios are, are definitely in my side because I'm quite conservative in my investment approach. And especially now in these high interest rates environments, we're all going to feel it, right? With the insurance rising, you're in California, you probably have similar insurance issues going on in California. Florida is on fire with the insurance right now. So our costs are escalating along with the interest rates. So, but the debt to equity is low. It's in my favor. So I've been able to buy and hold. And even though I typically don't pull a lot of money out, I don't try to maximize it, but I have done it over the last five to 10 years in order to by these small buildings.
0: Okay, that's great. And there's nothing wrong with not doing syndications. That is a way of growing, and it's perfectly amazing. I would love to be able to do that. So it all depends on what your goals are, and you know how much additional. It's probably stress my you age. Want.
1: I think I probably should be borrowing money in different forms, <laughs> not just from a traditional bank. So no, you're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with it.
0: Let's dive into medical office. Medical office is one of the few offices that has been very stable during COVID. And I have a friend that owns a huge office building. And it's, I think, 98% occupied. It didn't have one dip during COVID. So it is very solid. But I would love to hear from you as well.
1: The medical office buildings have performed really well. Initially during that first few months of COVID, we were very nervous about the um, the situation with the rents. And uh, luckily the doctors, especially these f- small format doctors um, in the one to 5,000 square foot range, most of them continued to pay their rent. There was a few that asked for an additional time. If you're in a good location, generally speaking, the medical office has been excellent. You need to have good parking and you need to have ideally close proximity to a hospital, and if you're or a network of med doctors, doctors love to be near each other. For new real estate opportunities, we typically look initially identify the hospital, and we branch out from there. But as a result, that usually drives your your traffic to come view sp- open spaces. Obviously, um, if you're fronting a street or you're near a major intersection, that's in your advantage. The actual vacancy rates have been near zero over the last. 10 years. They've continued to rise, the rates. It's suffering a little bit now with with the interest rates, because I don't don't think, or inflation, I don't think the doctors truly understand inflation.
0: (laughs) They're going to, I don't think they truly. They should just look at their grocery bill to understand it.
1: Yeah, no, and they don't, and a lot of these doctors are unsophisticated. They don't truly know how to do that CPI calculation. Have you done a, on any of your commercial rents, have you done the CPI escalations?
0: Yes, I have. However, CPI, I heard they removed housing and food items from it. So I don't, it's not real. <laughs> and we're suffering that now. Every time I use the table, those tables
1: are built into my contracts, the name mm-hmm. of the table, the type of table, where you get it. And it's as a result, the interest rate looks lower than reality. So it is absolutely uh, very difficult for, for as a landlord to raise the rent using the, the CPI. But the space itself remains leased, and we've been um, very happy with it. And that's why I, I thought it would be a great topic for the audience here. It's like, no, you know what? People should seriously consider medical office. There's, It really is a, a way or a conversion for an existing office building. I, you'll see a lot of buildings out there. They can, depending on the city and the zoning.
0: So how do you find your tenants? To just think about all the tenants that you've had before. And of course, we can use leasing agents, but... Is there a different way that you have found your tenants?
1: Depending, first, it's the size of
0: the space. Larger
1: spaces tend to be more sophisticated tenants that want to have that tenant rep. Tenant reps inflate all my costs. So they're dangerous as a, from a landlord perspective. As a matter of fact, I, I joke around that when I see a broker and I see a tenant rep, usually the deal is going to be very difficult. But the size of the space warrants or the sophistication of the tenant because their buildouts can be complicated and the doctors don't really know what they want. I won't say anything if you saw that. Their spouses tend to be the ones making some of these decisions. Very difficult when you have a very expensive lease combined with a sophisticated build-out and there's an education process. So anyways, yes, uh, I've try to. i done the leasing with um, reps and I've done it with brokers. If the broker is a good broker, you won't have an issue and I'll be happy to pay their, their fee. Anything less than two or 3,000 square feet, I'm advertising it in front of the building. I'm putting the word out with existing doctors. There's a small group of like community do- like community folks that are, there's a, uh, these doctors tend to have like a point person at their front desk. And they have like important, like a few important business people. And if you put out seats to a few of the larger ones, before you know it, word will go out to all these doctors. And if they like your building, they bring those doctors with them because yeah. if you know if you're an orthopod or you're a pediatrician or you're a sophisticated cancer doctor, the ones very specific, focused on one type of cancer, they're looking for their those physicians to be very close. So they'll they'll spread word. But the larger leases, the ones that require hundreds of dollars per foot in in additional capital, mm-hmm. those tend to go to the, the reps or the or the brokers that that can deal with that level of sophistication. I've done a few of those. I haven't done a lot. The largest lease is about 12 or 13,000 square feet of medical office, which is very expensive if you think about it, right? They're installing equipment, very very specific requirements. Um, So it's not small in a dollar sense. It's small in a square footage number, but the expense per foot is so high. Uh, I prefer to do it on my own. I prefer to just manage the doctor's expectations, draw it out. I I hire from time to time uh, somebody who can do CAD drawings quickly, lay out the medical offices for them. And um, as a landlord, if you go to the doctor's office, your primary or, and every time you walk in and you see the size of their waiting room, you see the size of their existing uh, exam rooms, you will quickly know what doctors are looking for. And you'll, and that really applies to almost all specialties. So pediatricians have specific requirements. Lung doctors typically have more separation. And then this is after many years, right? of seeing the same office layout, just minor revisions. When the doctors see that, they get a level of comfort, they calm down and they let you kind of lead the way in terms of design. Uh, Minor modifications usually not in the under 3000 square foot. And then I'm able to kind of push the brokers out of the way and and manage it myself without necessarily having to list it on LoopNet, which LoopNet works very well uh, here at least. I don't know, is LoopNet good in your area? I'm not even sure.
0: Yeah, LoopNet and craxy both.
1: Yeah, C is, for some reason, I've tried many times, just it hasn't had enough traction, though I'm hoping it does, because the more, the merrier, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what's an average, more or less, for TI, let's say for a small office and your largest office that you have given? If the doctor is
1: willing to sign a long lease, and it's a reputable doctor, like a desirable doctor, in other words, there is n- virtually no limit that my that I would not put them in. I will draw the tenant. In other words, I'll start at ten. I'll start to drive them down to twenty to thirty dollars, but I'll go all the way up to one fifty, within reason. But if it's a reputable doctor that I know will draw his own clients and his own and his own dog, other sure, it's worth it. You give him five to ten year leases, typically no less than three years, with no build out or near zero build out. The five to ten years, I'm starting to spend money on the build out, and if it's the right doctor or the right uh, specialty, there's really no limit to it, within reason, of course. Uh, we can't break the budget. So you know, you'll have odd uh, requests, special MRIs or special uh, PET scans scanners, and and those cost the building a lot of money, right? Not the machine. I'm only talking about the build out around the machine. Sure. I don't buy. I don't buy yeah. the machine, but. Yeah the build out right the the copper or the or the radiation field uh that costs that's very expensive but but those tenants don't leave once they've installed that equipment it's like a car wash like you can't take the car wash easily right it's yeah it's the same thing for a doctor once a practice installs a machine 20 years 10 to 15 yeah. 20 years and they're not willing to give up on their equipment
0: exactly hard to move so, later mm-hmm. it, which is the storage dynamic they won't move. Yeah, doctor is not as often as storage, of course.
1: No, and I and I will ask those questions. How old is the equipment? If they're moving equipment from from uh, another location, I will ask that question. I need to see the. I need to know. And they're looking at me like, "Why do you need to know the machine?" I go because if you abandon that equipment, it will cost me money to move that equipment. Sure. Sure. And that has happened. You you stick an old X ray machine or mammography machine that's bolted to the ground and. Uh, handyman, you can't hire a handyman to remove that. They all look at it and they run away. Yeah. Um, y- you want high quality machines with high quality doctors. But typically the reason to do that is for the the term of the lease and for the, uh, it, it becomes almost like a, a, a excellent tenant long-term, you know?
0: Is, okay. is there anything that we should keep in mind with regards to medical office leases?
1: One of the things I think a lot of smaller guys, they're afraid of that lease negotiating or structuring the lease. Don't, don't be afraid of that. Typically the doc, especially if you have a direct contact with a doctor, you won't really have an issue. You just come up with a form. You're going to find you're, look, go to the market, the area mark and see if anyone has the forms. Don't let that be an, a challenge. It's, it's really just, and I think that's the number one reason people don't invest in medical office. I think they see it as something scary that they'd have to have these contracts, not an issue. Let's face it, these doctors are unsophisticated, straightforward. The bigger your space, yes, the more complicated it can get. That's one thing. Um, Number two, like you want to talk to your local jurisdiction before you buy a building to make sure the zoning is in place. Even if the building is built, they may not have the water or the certificates of use available. So you need to have those conversations with whoever the city or the county is, whoever is uh, managing it. Before I buy a building, I'll actually go to the city and ask those questions. Um, the front clerk doesn't have an answer. They, you typically have to pay a fee to get a zoning verification form, a nominal fee. It's worth it. Pay the fee, but do the homework of verifying your, the location can, almost like that speaker that you had that talked about the uh, development cycle. You can put something under contract, but then you got to go do all your homework. Same thing. When you're buying something, you almost have to put in a contract and then go see if, if you can do a certificate of use change. From an office use for a C- that was using it as a CPA that you know is going to move as soon as you buy it, can you turn it into a medical? You go to the zoning office and you have those conversations. There's usually an impact fee here locally. They'll charge you an impact fee. Even though the building is not changed, they considered a, a, an additional consumption, whether it's parking or water or whatever. They're always taxing us here, right? So, and uh, so do your homework before conversions, and for existing space to medical, totally possible. Look out for parking. What's the typical parking ratio in commercial? Three spaces for every thousand square feet.
0: Yeah, three to four if it's retail.
1: And yeah. medical, what are you guessing is a typical requirement in a small medical office? In <laughs> South Florida, it's different because we're a little tighter. We don't have the space, yeah. right? We have the ocean Two? and the. But doctors don't want to go to places that don't have a lot of parking. That is their number one. That is probably the biggest single amenity. They they don't even look sure. at the bathroom. They don't look at this, but they do need to wash your hands. You need to have sinks. But uh the parking. So typically I look for anything above 4 and if it's not above 4, I will start discounting the price in my head what the reality is. And if it gets right. below 3, it's typically not a medical building because you a pediatrician will bring the grandmother right? When the baby's born, we'll bring the grandmother, the dad, (laughs) the the grandfather, they all might show up in different cars. And the joke is when in the the medical world, the pediatrician, five cars for one baby, that might happen. But the OBGYN is typically one, the lung doctor typically has one per patient. So it's a lower impact on your parking ratio. So if you have a doctor that only sees two to three patients an hour, generally speaking, that's going to be a calm tendency from a parking perspective. So when you evaluate medical office buildings, don't be afraid of it. Just keep all these things in mind. And I can go on.
0: I probably could talk to that wall back there and continue going for a while. So, Well, then we must have you back for a second episode. Is there anything else that is important for our audience?
1: well, Well, what would keep you from investing in medical office? Nothing. Nothing, right? No. It's just more about the opportunity, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think a lot of people don't drive around thinking about medical office because they yeah. see it as something the hospitals do. And hospitals do control, they like to control their doctors, but there's a good 20, 30% of the doctors that are on their own. And when you see a, a decent building with even a smaller one with a couple different doors or tenants, so you make sure you 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 know you hedge your risk with the income, right? Check the parking, check the distances between all the doctors, and typically your medical. Doctors are going to be paying 10 to 15, 20% more than office use. It's not the same thing. And people ask me, How are your office buildings going? They're great because generally speaking, I've been lucky and the medical use has continued
0: mm-hmm. unabated.
1: And I, so I always encourage investors just like you to, Oh, we got to keep medical on. Them. And even it is expensive, but conversions are out there. A lot of office buildings are empty right now. There's nothing wrong with going to the city counter and, and asking for this. What's the process to change the CU on a? you know, from general office to,
0: to medical office. Hint, hint, everyone in office areas that are depleted right now, like San Francisco, LA. Exactly what I'm,
1: whenever I hear all that negative about office, I go, no opportunity. Just like you, yeah. Whenever the interest rates, like we're entering an era of opportunity. And to me, all these empty office
0: buildings, it's pure opportunity. Exactly. Well, this has been very great, William. Thank you so much for coming over. Uh, I know it's your first podcast and it great. How oh, can our you. listeners get in touch with you? I'm
1: on email. Um, you're probably gonna put my name on the podcast or on the YouTube. Just put my name, it's at Gmail. So just I don't uh I, I work for myself generally, so I don't really have a website or anything. But if anybody has any questions, I'm an open book and since I don't mind talking.
0: William, thank you so much for taking this on. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me on. And thank you for doing such a great job with all this media. I'm super impressed with everything you've done.
0: So happy to hear. Thank you so much. We are hosting the Advanced Real Estate Investing Summit on October 19th in the evening with all the speakers and all the VIPs and October 20th all day if you know what I'm about, is the fact that I will make sure that this is a fantastic event where you will really learn advanced real estate investing strategies from some of the best people in the industry. Some of the speakers are extremely successful, but they are not well known, which makes it even more exciting because I know that they will be delivering real amazing value ticket prices are going up. We just had an increase this weekend and they will continue to go up every couple of weeks. So make sure to sign up at aresummit.com and you can still use code SUMMIT20 for a 20% discount. And I really look forward to meeting all of you there. And I will see you next time.